Welcome to The Knicks, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they are coming. This episode, we're talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye, creepy puppets and all. Hey, don't talk about Andrew Garfield like that. You know, or do. I don't actually care. Uh, as always, a plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, and Cat Castbox, or wherever. There's no way in hell that I actually the read box? that Catbox. Don't. <laughs> I mean, you can do it in the Catbox if it gets to us. I don't know how that works. Where do you keep it um, in, in your tub? It's like a little like an SOS. I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, dumb stuff we said last week that I said last week. We haven't done this in a while. We used to promise that we'd always do this. I know we say it ton of dumb stuff on really show, dumb stuff and we just forget that we said it because you know the world so i don't <laughs> so forget i lay awake worrying about it but i figure nobody's writing us <laughs> anything to tell me that i'm dumb so i remembered one this week mostly because as i was talking about it i realized it was dumb last week uh the found footage movie that i enjoyed that i could not remember the name of and thought it was death of a vlogger which is a ridiculously wonderful terrible name is not actually the name of the one i liked it's followed which is a much more boring generic title this is the one about uh the haunted elisa lamb hotel so uh, i was right i did confirm also that it is totally inspired by that and they actually i think even mentioned it i just had no idea it was a real thing um but that's a fun movie also the there's a documentary about the Lisa Lamb case, if you're interested. Sure. It's on Netflix. True Crime It Up. I don't remember what it's called, but it's on Netflix. It's like four episodes. Nice. Should we dive, in, dive into our main topic? Yeah, sure. We should do that. Um, dive into our topic like dive into the eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, my God. Um, it's been a rough week, y'all. We had a lot um, of coffee. Like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm getting juiced. I'm getting amped for the show, whatever they say, the... the Adderall-ridden... Wow, things are happening. I'm blinking twice, guys. Um, Save me. So, Jessica Chastain stars in this movie as Tammy Faye Baker. Andrew Garfield plays her husband, Jim. Uh, This movie charts their entire history from the beginnings as puppet-bearing folksy stars of Christian TV to their ultimate downfall due to Jim's scandals, financial and otherwise. Uh, it stars also uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Uber Sleaze, Jerry Falwell, and Cherry Jones. Face blind alert! I had no idea that. Which was I her. don't understand because they didn't even really have any makeup on the woman. They put maybe a wig on her. They might have just curled her hair. I don't understand how you didn't know that was I Cherry was Jones. Completely confused. And she also still had Cherry Jones's voice. The worst thing is that we started the movie and I saw her name in the credits and went, "Oh, she's interesting. I like her." And then proceeded to not ID her through like I three quarters of the movie. I just so st- I am so gobsmacked by. <laughs> Face blind. Uh, directed by a uh, comedy known quantity, Michael Showalter, who has done stuff. Stuff, including like Wet Hot American Summer and I believe The State and a bunch of stuff. What did you think of this movie? Um, it's a true story, so we're just going to not even worry about spoilers. Yeah, we don't I worry think. too much about spoilers. Um, I thought this movie was about a half an hour too long, at least, maybe 40 minutes too long. Should it. <sighs> 
performances by everybody across the board were really good. Jessica Chastain was unbelievably good and like she got lost in that character and she's not always my favorite so I was I was impressed with her which made Andrew Garfield sort of pale in comparison in his like weird I think I put Kleenex in my mouth <laughs> jolly thing um it's true. his cheeks were weird yeah so but it was fine it was good in the performances I I really wanted it to get to its point. Um, I'm, that's what I'm going to say. We'll get a little bit deeper into it as we go. What do you think? I enjoyed watching it just as much as I thought I would watching the preview. Right. <laughs> like, okay, that's super fair. I get that. It's like, if you've seen the documentary, I forget what year that was made. The Eyes of Tammy Faye Same was... Name. She's yeah. so crazy compelling. I get why they thought that this would be an Oscar Beatty vanity project, and there's I, I will say there's a certain level at which, yes, that's what this is. <laughs> like, right. And Jessica Chastain, I'm 100% there with you. Like, I've always sort of admired her, but felt this kind of distance and never really connected with her. She's so good in this. She's so yes. funny and warm. Yep. And really does seem to be really trying to understand what the appeal of this woman was and kind of what her complications were. I mean, it's clearly the best performance she's ever given. Absolutely. Um, uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye documentary was 2000. 2000. Okay. And I, I mean, I saw it, but it's like, I don't feel like I learned a single other thing about them from this movie. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, and I'm not sure this movie has a point other than like wouldn't it be cool if our buddies uh, Jessica and Andrew did this yeah and Um, I think that's ultimately where my problem landed was I think that Tammy Faye Baker was probably not a very smart woman which I feel bad saying but uh, she she seems like she was a kind woman and a well-meaning woman and had a hard start in life and overcame that and but because she was just sort of wide-eyed and, and sort of naive, the world kind of took advantage of her, which this movie doesn't really explain how that happened. And the way it could do that would be to tell it from Jim's point of view, which then mm. stops it being about the, the woman's story. So I understand why they kind of didn't do that, but then I didn't understand the point. Because you can watch the documentary, which ha- which will tell you the whole story, and Chastain was great, but again, you're then you're just sort of sitting with her going, oh, all of this st- stuff happened around me, and I don't really understand any of the significance. I don't know if my husband was gay. I don't know... If he made a sound, you know, if he laundered money through, I, I'm just sort of going along, and I love everybody, and ultimately that's not real compelling. Hundred percent, yeah. And you just sort of feel like, you know, when I had this sort of emotional arc of watching it of like, I really want to see this. This sounds fun. Why do I want to watch this? And it's like, it made me think halfway through, like she couldn't be as completely like naive and trusting as the movie portrayed. I'm sure there's some complicity or whatever or or not i guess but why it should have chosen a lane on that then. yeah then why it's like it made me think about like why as like as i'll speak for myself as a gay man and like whatever like we like hold tammy Faye up as being like well she was nice to gays and she interviewed somebody and she wore drag makeup and, like yeah there's a very like 
what what like why are we interested in these half schadenfreude half like you know sort of sort of dumbly kind yeah. women in drag makeup and like, i really do think that the makeup has a lot to do with it in the theatrics you know yeah. that's that's something that's appealing in that way yeah and shouldn't we i don't know be more critical but yet also not maybe sort of misogynistic in our weird valorization of these kind of women as like women that we uphold when there are like plenty of other women that Right. don't do shit like that that have also paved the way for us as as gay men like i don't know i had a very sort of road journey with this movie um yeah i did not love it i did not hate it it right. certainly flew by it was funny it didn't though I, it kind of did for me <laughs> i mean it did but it didn't it, it was like long. i'm still here yeah and i wish i was having a drink a half an hour ago once you got to the end i guess you for know? me i was like uh this is a perfect like go back to the movies and zone out although could have been a brian murphy um like you know hour and a half on tv sitting totally. home on the couch drinking canned cocktails or whatever yep um yeah, ultimately not much to add to anything. Great performance. Uh I'd like to see I'd like to see somebody make really good use of Jessica Chastain. Like we know she can do this now, so yep. figure out something really good for her to do that's not just so blatantly kind of I don't know, Oscar bait? This does feel like Oscar bait. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. With the makeup and the yeah. accents and all of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, should we move on? I feel like that wasn't a ton to say. I like no, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, just because Vincent D'Onofrio was awesome. So horribly, horribly upsetting as yeah. Falwell, and I uh, appreciate his commitment. I, I will say, I found Garfield totally overshadowed in this movie. By everyone. Not, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's sort of, that's the character, so I yeah. sort of get it, but it's like also like, uh, I don't know. This movie just felt like, that it was, it was like, Ten years too late for Steve Carell or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I get that. that yep, that's yeah, that's fair. All right, should we go into We Saw What You Did There? Yeah, sure. I think I started last week, but mine's first in the notes, Do but it. that's where we were, so we'll just go there. Why not? Um, 911 is back. Nice. I, I'm sure you're, I'm sure Dave already knows about this as well. He's not watching it anymore, I don't think. Well, he should watch it, because... Whatever. It's it's the most manipulative show in the world. It will make you cry. You care about all these people. Whatever, whatever. And also, this, like, there's been, like, a three-episode arc. It's going to be, I think, tonight. Uh, yesterday was the last one, but I haven't watched it yet. Where... Locust Plague? No. Um, a uh, Somebody hacks, like, a ransomware thing, but they hack, like, all of everything in Los Angeles and they let all the animals out of the zoo. So you so there's a scene where they're down downtown and there's like, you know, a giraffe and elephants and baboons, but also they go into this place and there's these two shopkeepers who are being held hostage by killer alpacas. Oh. What? Killer alpacas. How? Why? Because alpacas do um, berserker, which they talk about when alpacas... Look it up. It's actually a thing. And they can have, like, venomous spit. Venomous spit? (laughs) Like it burns. Yeah. I'm looking this up right now. I rarely do this. Alpaca (laughs) berserker. I mean, this sounds like a, a you know Wolverine fanfic, but with alpacas. It's awesome, and Hannah's bit is awesome, 
am the best, and I don't care at all about uh, Jennifer Love, huge tits, postpartum depression. I am so tired of postpartum depression stories. I know this is a real fucking thing, but every woman that has them on every network television show doesn't, that has a child on every network television show does not need to have postpartum depression. We don't have to do this. Okay, quick backup update. Fanny's like, I didn't need this. There is a berserk llama syndrome entry on Wikipedia. Yes, I know! Um... What happened? Why? They what? go now? friggin' crazy and they <laughs> attack you and they spit at you only like there's blood in their spit or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Parker knew about it too. I mean, if everyone's like shaving you to make like dumb hippie sweaters, yeah. like I get, they get a little mad. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay. So continue to watch 911. I will report back on the next wacky uh, emergency. And we are still waiting for 911 Lone Star because they kind of have like more gross emergencies you know like people get degloved and shit yeah it's gross and horrible i'm more into the zoo shit yeah yeah the zoo shit was great okay i watched on hbo max the way down which is the well it's the first part i think it's going to be six episodes but they dropped the first three and i think the first three were going to be it but then the plane went down so now there's going to be more this is about the the uber religious don't eat until you have hunger pains and if you're fat god hates you cult um and the woman has i I truly want to know how she did that to her hair (laughs) like have you seen the pictures of this i'm gonna need you to just search i know we don't do this but search the way down and look at this women's woman's hair today's a very multi-media her name is gwen shamblin and her hair is like i don't know how she did it anyway she's dead now her second husband that she married because he was in tarzan in the 70s yeah this hair is crazy um piloted a plane and they all died it's standard cult religious fair. I'm still and tripping on her hair. Her <laughs> hair is insane. Um, it's fun to watch. There's, I am, you know, there's nothing new in the cult world here, but it is interesting and fun to watch. And you know, she's dead. So there you go. <laughs> I watched the Many Saints of Newark, also on HBO. It is in the theaters. This is the uh, Sopranos story, the prequel. Um. I kind of expected this to not be great. I kind of expected to look at Michael uh, Gandolfini and say, oh, that's so sweet, you know, and be touched by the fact that he was there. So and is the, wait, wait. Is the kid that... Yeah, that's that's James Gandolfini's son is playing... playing the main character? Is playing, well, he's playing Tony Soprano. Okay. He's not the main character of, the, of it, but it's his prequel but story. But is he the guy that's in sort of like all the clips like the i mean he's in the clips kid. yeah that okay yeah that's i mean it Michael was Gale. funny i saw i having never watched the sopranos and whatever huge blind spot i saw the preview and was like yeah he looks a lot he like looks him. a lot like him that's well because he is okay. and he was a baby when the sopranos premiered you know he was born like about a year before uh gandolfini got the part so he really grew up with it right um and he's he's good he brings a sweetness to the part i kind of expected this to not be great I didn't expect to be so bored that it almost made me angry. (laughs) Billy Magnuson wears a brunette wig, which is real weird, as Polly Walnuts. It was just... 
boring. So was this have, knowing nothing about this world? That's, that's fine. Was so, this David Chase directing again? I think he wrote it. Okay, I don't think he he did not direct it, but he was involved, and I think he wrote the script. So why did you expect it to be bad? Because I feel like everybody loves The Sopranos most of the way through. It's like the show that everybody's like, it's great all the way through. I don't know, and it is great all the way through, yeah. and I feel like that, and I love The Sopranos. Um. I don't know why I expect... I just had this feeling of this is not going to be... They don't really have a story to tell here, I didn't think. At least from like the little bits and pieces that I had heard. I didn't, you know... Is it just standard shitty prequelitis, which we'll talk yeah, about in a minute of, here also? Of, <laughs> this is how that... Look, hey, remember that character? We said their yeah. name in this scene and that... Oh, look, there's Christopher as a baby! Nick's the fucking and, prequels, guys. Yeah, and... They never work. I would be fine, like, having that. And again, Michael Gandolfini was, was sweet, and I liked the idea of getting to know Tony before he got corrupted and that was fair and this idea of you know his story was basically you know his uncle that didn't want him that saw him being a sweet you know boy and then not and how he sort of got corrupted was kind of at the end of it um but there there could have been something more interesting there and it just wasn't and the fact that they call it a soprano story makes me feel like they're going to do more and there just wasn't a lot of there there and it kind of made me sad you know yeah. so I, I will say there have been so many people watching The Sopranos and tweeting about it that I'm like, oh, God, one of these days I've got to do that. But, and I love the series. I yeah. think the series brilliant, and yeah. and it gives it the room to kind of breathe that this show, maybe it, maybe it wouldn't have been boring if it was a show. Right. I don't know. But it just, I was, like, bored to tears. I saw somebody tweet that it felt like, um, a, a, like a pilot or a pitch Kinda, for, like, yeah. a new prequel show, and then it felt very incomplete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I just there was nothing that just grabbed you and said, "Hey, be interested in this." Right, Corey. And I mean, this cast is great. Corey Stahl, Vera Farragama, they're all doing great imitations of the people that were in the shows. These are great performances. It just was ultimately a bunch of people paying homage to a show that everybody really liked and cared about, right. and it wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Um, Netflix dropped their The Guilty, which is Jake Gillian Hall in a room because COVID, I assume. Um, he plays a 911 operator, a disgraced cop who gets a call that then has to try and save uh, a woman who's been abducted by her husband. At least that's how it presents. Uh, uh, Riley Kehoe, Peter Skarsgård, who is, by the way, Jack, Jake Gillian Hall's brother-in-law, um, do voices. This is written by um, Nick Pizzabahoba, who wrote Plonko, True Detective. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah. yeah. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. It's like lots of seasons. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. I, it's, I remember it super about feels it, like I am, you know, it's I'm wor- I'm working in a room alone and I'm talking to people. You can very much feel the production of it. COVID. Yeah, you can feel yeah. the COVID, but you can also feel the like, you know, there's those standalone episodes that are about like like the in in treatment when uh, Adubo talked to herself, you know, right. where she was her own, and it's like. The acting I can respect, and everybody's good, and it tells a fine story, and you do care, but you can just feel the, we're doing something interesting in it, and it, 
Great cast, though. Great cast. Yeah. Not. It's worth watching. It's interesting. The story take you know goes places that you don't necessarily expect. I mean, I kind of expected it, but it. Yeah, it's it's worth checking out, especially on Netflix where you're not paying for it, so you can't be disappointed that way. All of the actors are good. It just didn't wow me. Um, survive. Speaking of COVID things that have come back, Survivor is back on CBS. Um, it, Speaking of redundant trying, stories, yeah, well, it's trying to be like all. We know that that shit got too easy, so we're going to make it less people in a shorter time. And Jeff Probst is going to prove that he doesn't just like the white man hero story by asking the people if it's okay that he calls them guys. And then when one of them said, first they all said yes, and then one of them said, actually, I thought about it, and I don't want you to say that anymore. And he was like, that's cool. I won't do it. And that man is Ricard. We love him. He's married to a man who is pregnant. And they adopted a daughter before his husband became pregnant. And so we want Ricard to win. I mean, good for Survivor for, like, what? leaning into that. Good yeah, for them no, for, like, absolutely. doing this. Yeah. And, and it was funny when Parker and I was watching it. And everybody kind of said one of the – there was a queer woman that said, actually, I'm fine with it. And I turned to Parker and I said, I hope that they don't just – say okay that's it one person said it was okay and they don't i'm like i want him to ask every season now right is this okay and then literally the next like tribal thing that they all showed up ricard said actually i thought about it and i you know i i didn't want to make waves and i didn't want to have everybody looking at me but i'm not okay with so it. so what's the new word contestants he kind of just says come Folks. on in instead okay. of come on in guys he just says he hasn't actually settled on anything right. but right. You know, he does the whole song and dance of acting like he's really like, oh, I wanted to, you know. I don't what, think he what, did. What but. surviving, colon, uh, so white he, woke man. Yeah, he also has <laughs> scary COVID hair in the back of any, like, where's the baseball cap so you oh. don't know that he's going bald, oh, you know. Oh, God, okay. And, but he's, like, got these tufts of hair under it. Anyway, Survivor's back. I'll watch it. That's a thing that happened. Um, the Big Leap on Fox, which is Scott Foley and a bunch of other people whose names i don't know this is a like unreal except for network tv where they're oh it's a reality television show about a bunch of like non not professional dancers still good dancers they all get together and we're going to put on an episode we're going to put on swan lake at the end of it but actually the producers are trying to make their you know their show I'm going to watch every episode of this show. Everybody else should not watch this show. This is not a good show. This is a manipulative show. Scott Foley is adorable and playing off type so that I like it when he plays an asshole like he did on Scandal. Um, There's a sweet story about a bigger woman who, a professional football player, you know, but of course now it has to become Rocky with some young blonde chickie. But I'm going to care about her and her little boy and her gay best friend who used to be her boyfriend when they were in high school. This is manipulative as hell. It's fun. I really enjoyed it. Animal Kingdom came to an end on Sunday. The last four episodes were good. Uh, apparently, next season is the final season. Um, not sure that I'm okay with that, because what the fuck am I going to watch now? <laughs> was it a good season? It was a good last four episodes of the season. Okay. And they you've talked about this really should have gotten there yeah. beforehand, right. you know? Um, claws that go- that, that um, ghosted on us and then gaslighted us. They said, oh, June 6th, June 7th, when you tuned into Hulu to watch the new season premiere, there was nothing there. And then you go to TNT and they, they were like, coming soon. 
And then they didn't even acknowledge for months that they did this, that they gave a premiere date and then took it away, right? So they ghosted us, they gaslit us. Now they've released the, the final season premiere date. Now when it is? When? December 26th. I mean, you'll make it. That's not far. Okay. But for those keeping store, that's over six months from when they said I was going to get it. And Fair it's enough. the final season. This is a theme this week because I was reading a story about how Adam's Family 2, the animated hot mess, was supposed to come out in... Is that the actual title? Yeah, it should be the subtitle. It was supposed to come out October 1st, but they never announced that Just it wasn't. Happened. And it didn't happen. And all these like parents were like, my kids were like, like burning themselves over you know, the stove. <laughs> like, where's my Adam's family? <laughs> and it turned out that it was just like a Sony... Prime Video, I'm sure everything's in just like buying Shuffle Land right now. Yep. But you're like communication. Yeah, it's is a good key thing. Marketing yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, American Horror Stories has switched over to the Aliens. It's been one episode. I watched it. I have thoughts. My first thought being Ryan Murphy's obsession with the children of famous people is becoming irritating. Super creepy, also. Uh, it's super creepy. But it's now become, he also lets them direct. Henry Winkler's son directed this first episode. Max Winkler, you seem like a perfectly nice kid. But also, it's creepy to have... Okay, so the aliens, the main story so far, it looks like there's going to be kind of flashbacks with Amelia Earhart, who was impregnated by aliens. Of course, because all the Murphy. Yes, I said that, yes. And... uh, uh, Neil McDonough playing Eisenhower? Sure. And uh, what's her bucket? My favorite. Sarah Paulson plays Mamie Eisenhower? Sure, why not? Um, anyhow, the the modern characters are uh, Kaya Ger- Gerber, who is Cindy Crawford's daughter. And, wow, they're really into Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And her three friends, two, they're all friends from high school. It's a, another girl and then two boys who have become a couple. His, he has these people talk about sex in a way that I don't actually believe that 20-year-olds talk about sex, and it's over the top, and because it's kind of male gazy from him, it's icky. Like, there's a whole conversation with the two gay guys talking about Giardia that's, it's awful. I mean, like it's Giardia, just... Giardia, like the water, the stream? Like, I got it from eating ass. Oh, Wait, what am I thinking of? Yeah, no, that's the right thing, but you get it from feces. Okay. And. Oh. Yeah, it's a fecal (laughs) parasite. Sex education, sure. But but. it's not actually, and the the conversation is just, it's just icky. And then there's another girl who talks about, I met a nice guy. I can't be friends with him because we didn't have condoms, so he jacked off on my tits and his cum. Like, I had an allergic reaction and it tried to kill yeah, me. Yeah, what are you, a special victims unit? I've been exactly. watching a lot of this. At, and all four of them are now pregnant from aliens. Okay. Are the aliens cool, at least? I don't know. Haven't seen it. Well, okay. no, the, what you've seen of them, not that they interesting. Like the oh, on somebody, yeah, yeah, somebody's head blew up. Okay. Uh, there was actually a lot of heads blowing up. Uh, so it's not for you. Yeah. It's gross and weird. And that's all I have to say. And that's what I did. Got it. Um, <sighs> I there's one more thing I have to rope you into. We have, we have a failed marketing alert. Um, we basically were just discussing today before we started recording about how two things dropped, which have gotten not very much attention. I mean, I guess 
House of the Dragon is a little newer. I mean, I think it maybe dropped earlier today. So Um, this is the prequel to Game of Thrones. Um, This is about the Targaryens, like a couple centuries before the Game of Thrones. Is it based on anything that's been written already or no? Because no, he's like out of shit to do. Um, I really thought when you said about the Targaryens that you were going to say Baltazar Getty. (laughs) And I was really confused. Um, Is this... uh, yeah, but it's the same family. It's the Targaryens. Yeah. But then they make it look like the two Gar- Targaryens that we know. I, But it's not, because it's Matt Smith in a weird wig. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's not much to go on here. But, I, I again, the prequel thing, my next this week is fucking prequels. We've yeah. probably already nixed this before, but I don't think we have. It. We're doing it now. I'm so tired of this. I just don't really care. I'd much rather you fucking finish the, like book series that you wrote that's like kind of pretty good like so why don't you just like continue it i didn't like the books but that's me (laughs) i'm just like finish your fucking book it's just like i don't (laughs) even care feed me your shitty like final cards (laughs) um rather than like spinning your rules executive producing this like you have read neil gaiman's fabulous article that's uh george rr martin is not your bitch no i need to read that fabulous god it's so depressing (laughs) now um yeah i don't think this was probably the best foot forward for this thing um the Hawkeye preview, which I learned about today, right? Um, which came out, I believe, two weeks ago. <laughs> this is the Hawkeye show. It's like the next thing showing up on Disney Plus or whatever for right, the and Marvel it's like things. Introducing one of the kids Haley that's going to be in like the kid thing, right? Up and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it. Okay, so first I was just like, "How bad is this that they like didn't? Nobody's talking about this." Right. Then my second reaction was like. Oh, it's like apparently a Sinatra, like like everybody's like Jeremy Renner. He's so fucking boring, and he's like, no, I'm a I swing cat, and it's like Aww. a Christmas. I feel like it's trying to be like a diehardy Christmas adventure, but there's not him wearing any goofy outfits. It's like I was sort of like vaguely intrigued because I was like, I didn't, this is not what I expected. Okay, I'm um, gonna have to watch this because yeah, I have not seen. It is a very nutty preview. I don't know why people aren't talking about it because mostly I'm like, this is either going to be a gamble which people will like, or it's going right. to be a complete misfire, and that's why nobody's talking about it because people know. <laughs> Um, all right. It is known, it as is they known. say. Moving on, Nuclear Family on HBO Max. This is a documentary by Rai Russo-Young. Um, this is about a lesbian uh, family, uh, lesbian family, lesbian parents in the 1970s, I think is when they decide to um, do kind of a sperm donor situation with two different kids, um, two different gay men as the fathers for these kids. And uh, of course, two different. Yes, kids. and they <laughs> basically try to set up um, a situation where it's really just the two of them kind of raising these kids. Um, they, of course, are human, so they sort of cave a little bit and let these guys into their lives a little bit. Um, one of them ends up being sort of a mess and disappears rather quickly. The other one is this sort of accomplished gay guy who's very sort of sweet on the surface and also bonds very intensely with his daughter. Uh, this is a true story about their sort of battle uh, in the courts around basically who, um, you know, has rights to these kids. He yeah. decides he wants them. Um, it ends up being a super interesting, like, you know, it's like you sort of think about collectives and like queer optimism and whatever and like how these things can curdle, sure. especially if people aren't super clear about 
what they want and kind of yep. making sure that it's in, sort of enforced. But also, it's like ultimately men are favored over women in these legal settings, and that's super fucked up. And um, it's fascinating. I th- really would love for you to watch it and check it out. I will. Tell me what you I think. Will check it out. Um, there's I'm two episodes in. There's one more episode. I think there's going to be a little more something because the thing that's the other thing that's interesting about it is that the daughter is basically making the, the documentary and there's footage of her kind of talking from, you know, there's like cam footage of her from when she was a kid to um, there was the stories in the paper. So there's interviews with her in her like 20s. And then now she's like, you know, close to 40 or whatever, kind of talking about her own story and really trying to you get a sense of a of, of like a filmmaker who's really trying to be like I want to understand my family right <laughs> in all of its mess and I found it super moving just for that I think it's totally well and especially it's interesting to me that you know they had to go out of their way to make this family and yeah. that is so interesting because for cis straight people it's like you just you get to have a family and it's not hard. Right. You don't have to go out of your way to plan to actually create protect a family. It. Or protect it. Or, or protect it or worry about it. So it's so interesting when, yes, you absolutely have to make the decision. You have to go through steps. And especially back, I looked it up, she is thirty. She was born in 1981. And there was very much not, you know, you came. Yeah. You, you had a friend who came over with a turkey baster. You yep. didn't make that's the legal exactly contract. exactly part of the plot. Yes. Yeah. You didn't make, I, I know yeah. people who that's, that's yeah. you know, I, these were my friends in Berkeley. And, yeah. And, but they didn't write those yeah. contracts. They didn't lay it out. You just, oh, we'll make it all work. And, and it's partly so, also because they didn't even think like, well, we don't no. even have like rights as like, we've barely have rights not. as women. Like, right. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that, you know, it can go so wrong even though it you have to plan it so much more and want it you know you have to want it in a different way yeah you know this is um, super interesting i'm expecting it to make me cry a lot in the oh, yes. episode um star wars visions complete 180 record scratch um this is the anime do you know about this at all basically they uh gave uh, the keys to the Star Wars Kingdom to a bunch of sort of well-known anime studios. Um, it is kind of some big names. Like I don't, I'm blanking on them, but there are people that have done like kind of. A but lot they of have the, big names. The big studios in in anime. I don't. I know nothing about anime. I'm sort of, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of the perfect audience for this because this is sort of a like a primer for like here's what anime can do. I will say my first reaction to it is. Holy shit, Marvel's What If fucked up so bad by not letting animators handle different stories. Like, the fact that these are all... The very first one is sort of done in a Kurosawa kind of grainy black and white imagining basically robots in, like, feudal Japan. It is fucking beautiful. And I loved it so much. And it captured so much of, like, what inspired Star Wars in the first place. Because George Lucas has talked about loving all those Kurosawa movies. It's sort of this amazing full circle um, journey. And every episode is so, like, different and really captures different, I don't know a ton again about anime styles, but they're like, there's the crazy, like, pop music with the big buggy eyes. And there's, like, the super dark, like, almost gothic horror. And there's the sort of super impressionistic stuff. It sort of hints at this range um, for anime that I think... A lot of people, including myself, don't always sort of know about. Um, and I love that they did that. The one thing 
this is my criticism, is that every episode is basically like Je- Jedi versus Sith and lightsabers. And you're just like, why couldn't we have told stories just in the pockets of the universe that were not right. about sort of lightsabers. diametric good versus evil? Like, there's like, I don't know, there's so much shades of gray in the style, and I think right. in the tradition of anime, that it's like, I wish they'd just like let go of some of that. The good thing about it is there are very few characters from the movies that are mentioned. Like, there's no, oh, that's like... that's cool. Yeah, so it's really, like, all new characters. A lot of them do feel like are these pilots, like, that somebody tried to do for, like, another story. Whichever hooks is going to yeah. be. But um, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to go back to your okay. last thing that you talked about, just because I just looked her up. Yep. She uh, is super YA. Um, she directed uh, The Sun is Also a Star and Before I Fall, which are both based on YA novels. The director of the documentary? Yes, of Rai Russo. Okay. She also directed the first two episodes of that fucking Amazon thing that sucked me in panic. Oh my with, God, how uh, funny. Jack Nicholson's son and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Really Very funny. interested. Apparently, it looks like Nuclear Family is only going to have three episodes. I think that, which I also yeah. love. Short okay, Yeah, short no, I seasons. love that too, but yeah. it's going to fuck you up. Yeah, I think you're going to so, be into this. So the, um, the last one's going to, the episode's yeah, going to fuck you up. 100%. Anyway, um, I'm fascinated by that. Super uh, fanny callback. I watched Kid 90 because that's the kind of week it's been. Speaking of YA. Even though I kept being like, I'm going to watch Kid 90. And you were like, don't do it. Well, I, it'll just fall out of your head. I found this like more compelling than I thought I would. I sort of liked Soleil Moon Fry as a, as a character. This is the punk for a refresher. This is the punky Brewster um, in the 90s. Um, which mostly my question was, how did she still have so much cachet in the 90s? She wasn't doing anything. But I guess she had just been sitting on that syndicated money. I didn't realize Punky Brewster lasted for like four or five years. In my head, I was like, that was like a one-season like show. Um, nope. Yeah, and I actually did go back and watch a couple of Punky Brewster episodes just Oops. to set the tone. Sorry. Oh, it's so weird and so bad. Yeah, no, it's not um, good. And there's a reboot, which I had no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. But... I, I, I mostly enjoyed this just to see, um, you know, like Jenny Lewis, one of my favorite singers, who I always talk about in a car, making the best jokes about having guns and weed or whatever. Um, she seemed to really just I hang out with everybody. I should have told you that Jenny Lewis was in that. You Duh, probably did. I, 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 I should have. I forget. Um, no, I probably didn't because I forget singers. So, and, and I was so overwhelmed. there were a lot of, like, who is that? Yeah. Like, I was like, Heather McComb? I'm like, yeah. I don't know who you are. See, I knew a um, lot of those people. Yeah. A I was just of, so icked out by the Charlie Sheen shit. A lot of teen things. The Charlie Sheen shit was terrible. But I sort of found it moving as like, a, I don't know, just like kind of, she's clearly somebody who wanted to be an artist and a filmmaker. Um, I There was some really good footage, I felt like, when she gets yeah. to New York and films some of the kids yeah. from the Larry Clark movie Skating. I was like, oh, you clearly are like a deeper yeah. kind of person or artist than... You were pigeonholed as with your big tits. I thought all this stuff about that, well, that was, was very, fascinating. Um, yeah, it just ultimately, I gotta say, ultimately the fact that she didn't point anything that she, that her whole thing about Charlie Sheen was oh yeah. he was the love of my you know like oh it was right. a great love affair yeah. And she doesn't that that's do any, where you went with she she doesn't yeah, investigate anything doesn't. in that it's she weird. you can tell that she still kind of thinks it's cool yeah and that's ultimately totally when it landed with that I was like I can't yeah. see much past that because yeah. you're so it did come up a few times which I was like 
Ugh. Yeah, no, she, and she definitely, like, yeah. in, in interviews since, she's been like, no, it's this cool love thing. And I'm yeah. like, that's yeah, either that's the way you're looking at it. Super weird. And it's yeah. like, oh, this cute guy, like, ultimately it comes down on the, yeah. this cute famous guy liked yeah. me and took my virginity. And... Well, a lot of the, mm. the guys are like the guy from House of Pain, yeah. which uh, she sort of valorizes him. And frankly, yeah. bitch steps up, I'm smacking a hoe. Never yeah. loved that song. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some bad. Yeah, there's a judgment. little bit of, of I felt not necessarily cool enough. And so I'm, look, these people thought I was cool instead yeah. of actually living I agree it. With all that. And it, yeah. it made me sad. Yeah. And it made me not necessarily give her. A complete pass, right? Or or give totally. her a complete. It, it made me go. You still have yeah. some investigating to do, and I wish you had done it because totally. that would have been so much more interesting than what you did, which was this half halfway there. Hokey of, pokey. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, this is a rare thing. I don't n- normally do this. Pitchfork, uh, the music review website. Um, Notoriously I thought that was going to be the band name. Um, no, they basically just did a listicle of um, revising <coughs> albums um, from the last, re- like, reviews and scores from the last, like, 20 years of Pitchfork or whatever. And sort of going back and saying, like, hey, we fucked up. We used to be this, like, scrappy contrarian whatever. Here are our new grades for things that we either... You know, either bad mouth that were kind of better than we thought, or overpraised and were kind of correcting. Um, it's caused all this hubbub in the music criticism world. It's so funny. It's just mostly like Pitchfork is so up its own ass that I find the whole thing hilarious. Um, just like whatever, just like own what you were in fucking two thousand one with your like Liz Fair reviews. Like who cares? Um, but there's been all this hubbub about this. My favorite. Um, response to it of all was uh, Lindy Zolatz, who's a very funny music writer and um, sort of pop culture commentator, said the one pitchfork score I wish I could have revised was my starting salary. Bam! Oh! Mic drop. Um, all right. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, I have a song for you. Continuing the music theme. I haven't played a song in a while. Uh, this is, I'm going to tell you the name of the song first okay. and the album first. Pool hopping. Fun title, right? Um, From the album, Let Me Do One More. Is that about drugs? Is that about... Who knows? Um, This band is... Put out a couple albums that are really sort of capturing that kind of 90s, grungy, like female-led, like fun, scrappy, bratty. Um, They are called the Illuminati Hotties. Uh, (laughs) I I had to drop that on Fanny. I do love this song. I love this album. (laughs) My reaction is not playing because <laughs> they're called the what? Illuminati hotties. All lowercase, make to make it even worse. It twists the knife a little more. Um I, I it's I don't it's really this question now, am I drawn to these things because of the bad names, or do I just enjoy like watching your reaction when I saw you about them on air? I'm wondering if they can feel my nostrils flaring as I exhale. <laughs> The Illuminati hot. <laughs> They're snotty young punks from L.A. I want to. I hate it here. The song "Pool Hopping" from the album. Let me do one more. I think you'll enjoy this one. By the Illuminati hangs. Here we go. Let's take a listen. Dip in a 
Okay, so that was the Illuminati Hotties. The who? Um, which <laughs> later you will be like, oh, I like that band. Um, they're they're pretty fun. They're pretty silly. I hate their name. Uh, I think that's it. Do you hate the name Illuminati Hotties? You do. Uh, where can they tell us that? You can tell us at Facebook. Search for the next podcast. You can send us an email. Remember those? Those are emails. You can do that. Motion to Nix at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at the Nix Podcast. I am on Twitter at Fanny V. Darling. And I am on Twitter at Justin Hartung. Bye.